Open your Bibles this morning to Psalms 115. Psalms 115. I love to hear the pages of the Bible as they're turning. Psalms 115, verse number 1. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. My message today is based on one short, simple, serious statement of fact. I don't have three points and a poem. I don't have a ton of illustrations. I have only one point that I want to drive home to your heart this morning. This is a subject that we all need to give a lot of thought to, and I say that because it deals with the way God deals with us. Sometimes God appoints certain things in our life, or God allows things that could be said of everything in our life, that God either appointed it or God allowed it. And there sometimes things that we don't expect, They just sort of knock us off of our feet. We have no idea that it's coming until it's there. We don't expect it. We can't understand it. We don't desire it. Naturally, we, well, we ask the question, why? Why this? Why me? Why now? And uh, why does God do what he does? Would you like to know the answer to that? Why does God do what He does? I know the answer. And it's not because I think I'm smart, because I'm not. I know the answer because God gives us the answer right here in verse number 3. This is why God does what He does. Whatever it is, this is the reason behind it. But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever He hath pleased. Now, I want you to understand that God does not owe us an answer. He doesn't owe us an explanation. He's not accountable to anyone. It is entirely due to God's loving concern for us that He gives us this explanation. And here this morning, I want to speak to you about God's answer for His actions, whatever the actions might be, whatever the situation might be, this is the answer. God does it. Whether He appoints it or whether He allows it, God does it because that is what pleases Him. The question is, does that please you? God says, I'm going to do what I please. Does that please you? Well, it should. It should because the Bible says he hath done all things well. And that being the case, we never have a right to complain. But naturally, as you know, we sometimes do. Because God allows or appoints things that 
that we don't expect and things that we can't explain. We can't understand this. And we've got questions. Why would God allow these bad things to happen to good people? The short answer is there are no good people. Basically, you know, that, that's the fact. We're all sinners. We, we don't deserve anything. And I find it strange that we, we acknowledge the greatness of God's power as the Creator. I mean, you can't look up in the sky at night without marveling at the greatness of His power. And we accept the good things from His hands. We are astonished by God's mighty works and we, we appreciate God's grace. But the very moment that God allows something into our life that we don't approve of, that's when we balk. Even though God is right, we have a tendency to resist and we treat Him as though He has no right to be the sovereign ruler in our life. Anyone can praise God whenever everything's going our way. When we are pleased with God's providence, we can clap our hands with joy. We rejoice that things are going our way. We're pleased with that, but all of a sudden when things take a turn for the worse, then we're perplexed by that because it just doesn't make any sense to us. The heathen all about the nation of Israel back at this time of the writing, the heathen boasted about their idols. If you read the entire psalm, you'll see that's true. They boasted of their idols and they attributed to their idols greatness that they did not deserve. And we read this and we think to ourselves how foolish they are. But in reality, sometimes we do exactly what they did we just have different idols. By that I mean that whenever we sit in judgment of what God does, we make idols of ourselves. I mean, who gave us the right to sit in judgment of what God does? He has the right to do as He pleases because He's holy, He's just, He's good, He's God, we're not. So God has the right to do as He pleases, but more than that, or along with that, God has a reason for what He does. Naturally, we don't always understand it, but we don't need to understand it. All we need to know is that there is a reason. The fact of the matter is that, you know, we would be in complete agreement with God if we were as smart as God. If we knew what God did, we would say amen and clap our hands in glee because we would realize that every act, everything that God does is right. But because we're not as wise as God, we have a tendency to question what God allows. And sometimes... We resent it to the extent that we even refuse to accept it. We seem to forget who God is. The fact that God has absolute authority in our life. So not only should we acknowledge God's authority, we ought to be in all of God's ability. God isn't controlled. God isn't constrained by anyone or anything. Have you ever just stopped to thank God for the fact that He's able? Amen. That He is able. Brother Nolan was thinking about 
you know, our strength being made perfect through weakness. And that's true because as Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And we're strong because of the fact that we're depending upon God's ability. The greatness of God's ability is something that is far beyond anything that we could possibly understand, but something that we ought to rejoice in and take comfort in, knowing that regardless of what the situation is, God is able. As God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Now keep in mind that our God is no part-time God. He reigns for all of eternity. Our God is no local deity such as existed back in that day. Our God rules over all. Our God is no limited God because with Him all things are possible. Our God is no weak God because He does it all and all by Himself without being helped or hindered by anyone else. Our God is no foolish God because of the fact that He does all things well. Our God is no unjust God because of the fact that He is just. It might seem unfair to us, but He is just. Revelation 4 and verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. God is a sovereign God. He's not a tyrannical despot that is ruling over us without any concern for us. He is a loving God, a wise God. But why do we have such a difficult time in seeing that? You know, we watch the way people live and sometimes we look at their actions and we might surmise that they are way out of the will of God. They are out of line, as we might say. But we are never more out of line in our life than whenever we resent and we reject what God does. An old preacher many years ago by the name of Stephen Sharnock said, the great controversy, now listen carefully to this, the great controversy between God and man has been whether he or they shall be God. Whether His reason or theirs, His will or theirs, shall be the guiding principle. And that's a matter that we need to settle right now, folks, in our lives and understand that He is God and that we're not. And we please, listen, we please God by being pleased with that which pleases God. Let me repeat that. We please God by being pleased with that which pleases God. And notice it says He does whatever He pleases. We ought to be pleased with that. It doesn't say that we won't have any pain. It doesn't say there won't be any mystery about it. it you know, it doesn't say it's something that we would invite into our life. We wouldn't be wise enough to do that. But we ought to be pleased with it knowing that God doesn't make any mistake. And our acceptance of what God allows reveals several things about us. It reveals our faith, for example. It reveals the fact that we really do trust God, that God wouldn't do anything that's going to jeopardize us, anything that's going to be bad for us. 
And it's an expression of our faith in God that we'll trust Him regardless. As Job said, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. It's like saying God can't do anything. But what I am going to trust Him regardless. It reveals our faith. It reveals our love for God. It reveals our obedience to God because that's what God expects from us. God expects us to to accept whatever it is that He allows. But it also reveals our, our wisdom. Being wise enough to know that God does that which is right. There's a question found over in Genesis chapter number 18 that, that ought to give every one of us perfect peace. And here in this chapter we find God dealing with Abraham concerning the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And notice he says in verse number 25, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Shall not the judge of all of the earth do right? Now remember, we're speaking about the God who is the judge, the God who is in heaven and the judge of all of the earth, doing what He pleases. And here the question is, shall not the judge of all of the earth do right? Had you inquired of those people in Sodom and Gomorrah, no doubt there would have been some that concluded and might even have expressed that they thought God was in error, they thought God was unloving and unkind to do such a horrible thing to them. And we cannot understand, we can't comprehend the greatness of God's wrath upon people because we cannot comprehend neither the degree of God's love for us or the degree of our sin against Him. We can't comprehend that. If you could really comprehend how much God loves us, if you could really understand the greatness of our offense against God, we would all have to agree that God is right whenever He brings judgment upon the earth. This fact relates to all of the experiences, the varied experiences of life, the things that we go through, because they're... Let's face it, sometimes there are miseries that that seem too heavy for us to bear. And there are mysteries that we can't unravel. Things that seem unfair, things that seem unprofitable. And we wonder to ourselves, how could a loving God force this upon us? And I say force because God doesn't take a vote. God doesn't say, you know, I've been thinking about doing this, and if you'll approve, I'm going to go ahead with it. No, God just does what He wants to do. He does whatever pleases Him. And it's up to us to accept it. We don't understand it. Of course not. I look out here on the congregation at different people and people that I love. I think about the suffering that they're going through and the difficulties that they're facing, the tragedies that they have experienced and what have you. And I have to remind myself, regardless of what it is, even though I cannot explain it, I know that God's righteous and perfect in all of His ways. He never does that which is wrong. 
Shall not the judge of all of the earth do right? Indeed he shall. Now remember, he is the judge of all of the earth. As I said, he's not some local deity ruling over a little city or, or a village. He's not, he's not some deity that's been conjured up in the mind of man. He's not just one of the many gods of the world. He is the one and only one to whom we're all accountable. That question needs to be remembered. Shall the judge of all of this, shall, shall he not do that which is right? Of course he will. Amen. There are going to be things that happen that will rock your world. There are going to be things that will happen that will cloud your mind, break your heart, depress your spirit, things you can't comprehend, you can't change, you can't control. It is what it is, and it's in your face like it or not. And we scratch our head and we... We ask the question that everybody is asking, why? Why this? Why me? Why now? And that's what we need to remember. He is the judge of all of the earth. So who are we to question him? I, I'm not saying it's sin for us to, to wonder why God would let something happen. I'm not saying that. But it becomes a sin when we begin to accuse him of being unfair. It's only natural that we wonder why. But we have to accept the fact that he is the judge of all of the earth. He has all authority. He is infinite in his wisdom, so he's not going to make any mistakes. He is perfectly holy. He, he, he loves us unconditionally, so He's not going to do anything that's contrary to what would be good for us in the long run. His undying love causes uh, to Him to treat us in such a way that we ought to never doubt Him. Amen. Remember, He rules over all of the earth. Now, now think about that. If He rules over all of the earth, if He is the Creator, the owner of the entire universe... Shouldn't He be ruling over us? Should we have a spirit of rebellion against Him, knowing that, that He is the one who is the judge of all of the earth? So what would give us the right to sit in judgment of the judge? Dear friend, don't allow your feelings to lead you astray. That, that can happen. They can so overwhelm you at times that you allow your feelings to to interfere with your reasoning. Or the other times that you depend upon your reasoning when you ought to be depending upon the facts of God's Word, or you depend upon the, the advice or the counsel of other people. They don't intend to lead you astray, but they do. You know, it's kind of like the neighbor, you know, that whenever you're talking about all of your problems and they make a silly statement like, well, I tried Christianity one time and it failed me. No, it didn't fail you. God never fails in any way. Amen. You can trust God. I, I love the description of God in the book of Revelation where it's speaking there about Christ and it says His name is what? Faithful and true. He is faithful. He is true. You can depend upon Him. We look back through history and uh, over and over again we find people that are asking where is God we saw that in verse 2 of Psalms 115 
You'll remember, and this happened repeatedly with the children of Israel, as they were going through a time of difficulty, as they were going through some time when God was chastising them for their rebellion, and all of the heathen roundabout began to point their finger and say, where is your God now? Why isn't God helping you now? You see, the thing that set the Jews apart from all of the other nations of the earth is that all of the other nations believed in, in, in countless numbers of gods. None of them believed in just one God. That was something totally foreign to anything that they, that they believed. And the Jews come along and says, Oh no, there is only one true and the living God, and that is Jehovah. That is our God. And that was the one thing above everything that, the, that caused the nations to resent them. By the way, the same thing's true today. That'll cause people to resent you. You know, these folks that say, well, you know, we're all trying to get to the same place. We're just taking a different route to get there. And you come along and quote John fourteen six, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Boy, that is in your face against religion and it causes people to get offended and so the heathen would say to the children of israel where is your god now it still happens today people tend to mock what they don't understand they don't understand it they can't explain it they're not familiar with what the word of god says and so they just mock it disabilities arise Disabilities exist. Disease comes into their life. And the, the demands, maybe the domestic or the vocational demands become so great, the duties are hard that people get depressed and all of a sudden then there's the death of a loved one and people start asking, well, where is God now? Where, where, where's God now? And we all have those moments in our life where you know, it might be the diagnosis of the doctor that says, well, I was hoping the test would show otherwise, but I've got bad news to report, and we have to sit there and listen to, listen to that. It might be all of a sudden you get that phone call that you've been dreading. It might be you have a child that's a teenager out driving around, and you're wringing your hands and Sweating bullets, wondering what in the world is going on, and you get that call maybe in the middle of the night. There's been an accident. And all of a sudden, we're faced with trials and difficulties. And the first thing Satan seems to do is to try to get us to resent what it is that God allows. So that question remains, where is God? Where is God? When you're at the funeral home, in the hospital, the divorce court, where is God then? Well, the answer is God is right where He's always been. God is in the whisper of the wind. God is in the thunder that rolls across the sky. He's in the fury of the storm. God's in the heat of the fire. God's in the, in the lion's den. God's on the summit of the mountain in the depths of the sea. God's at the deathbed of the saints. God is there. And knowing what we know about God ought to encourage us 
beyond anything this world could ever supply. Knowing that our God is never the victim of circumstances. In other words, He's never backed into a corner. He's never confused, never wringing His hands wondering, what am I going to do now? God is always in control. So where is God? Well, He is right where He's always been. He is above us. He is beneath us. He goes before us. He is behind us. He is around us. He is at our side. He is within us. In other words, God is where you are, wherever you are. Makes no difference. That's where God is. God is where God is needed. He is here. And He hears. And He can help. And whether your great need is that of salvation or whether your great need is that of just encouragement or restoration, whatever your need is, and I don't care how long you've been saved and how good you are and how hard you work, there are going to be times in your life that you're going to come face to face with a problem and a difficulty that's bigger than you are and you're going to cry out unto God. Because you're not going to be able to wrap your mind around the pain and the suffering and the problems and the difficulties that you're going through. You'll never be able to understand the reason. You just have to know there is a reason. There is a good reason. Because our God is the God of all of the earth. He not only sits in the heavens, He is in the depths of the lowest hell and everywhere in between. He is where you are. He's where He is needed. And He's here for you today. Will you trust Him? If you go on and read the entirety of this psalm, you're going to find that word trust over and over and over again. Because that is the solution. That's the remedy That's the remedy for the things that we don't understand. We know why God does what He does because He says, that's what pleases me. You say, oh, I just wish I could understand. Someday you will. We just see a little snippet of of what it's all about now. You know, kind of like the poem about the underside, you know, of of the rug. It's all just knots and loose ends and everything. But boy, you turn it over and you look at the other side. And all of a sudden, there's that beautiful design. The same thing's true whenever we get to heaven. Amen. And God unrolls the scroll, and God explains the reason why then. We don't need to know the reason now. We just need to know God has a reason, and He's right. He's right. Trust Him. Trusting because he's not going to make any mistakes. Let's stand together. Father, how thankful that we are whenever we come to those times in our life that we don't know what to do. We don't know how that we can go on. Those times of great difficulty where maybe all we can do is cry. And it might not even have anything to do with us and our feelings. It might be It might be the plight of a loved one in our life, someone that we love dearly, someone that we'd just give anything to take away the pain. We'd give anything, Lord, if we could change their situation. And it's like our hands are tied. But Lord, help us in those times to put our trust in you. 
knowing that you've not made any mistake. And Lord, help us to be patient until that great day comes where you'll explain the reason why we'll ask the questions and you'll answer, giving us the reason why in that day. May we trust you, Lord. May we love you more, serve you better, and never stop trusting you for whatever our needs are. And Lord, if there's someone here today that's a stranger to your saving grace, may this be the day that make the greatest discovery of their life that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, that He is the Savior of the world. And may they trust Him here this morning. But we beg it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. As we sing... You come. Those awaiting baptism, if you would, please come.